Welcome to another episode of Center of Least Nation. I am actually your co-host, Lucas Ugenti. Pat couldn't be here today for personal reasons, but he entrusted us enough to run a podcast, the three of us being Anthony Sino, and our newly, well, I guess not, not newly anymore. This is probably her third podcast now. Um, Amanda, welcome. Um, Hi, guys. The two of you. The two of you are here the first time with me. Obviously, it's the first time myself being a host. Um, so let's hope we can uh, do this well and get through it quickly and, and with no mistakes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ant, how's it going, buddy? Not too bad. Thanks. Thanks for, uh, thanks for filling in here, Huge. It's, uh, I'm sure uh, we are all very excited to see your, uh, your hosting skills come to the, the forefront today. So no pressure. First impressions are everything, but no pressure. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. That made it a lot easier on me. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Amanda, how's it going? Pretty good. What's going as on? As good as it can be, I guess. It's almost it's almost Friday, so like I really am just over today, and we move on. We push forward. Exactly. Yeah, Thursdays are the new Fridays, anyways. <laughs> Especially when the weather starts turning. Basically, as soon as you get past Wednesday, it's basically the weekend. So. Exactly. <laughs> Honestly, basically. Yeah, no, no, I'm being dead serious. I'll, you, you, <laughs> ma- you mail it in as soon as Wednesday, five p.m. It's, Count me in. It's, that's it's, that's basically it. Well, um, alluding to it, basically yeah, already ahead. being the weekend. I mean, this week uh, kind of dragged on, especially from uh, a Maple Leafs perspective. We uh, we didn't get to tune into too too many good games this week, unfortunately. Um, I guess we can kind of forget yesterday even happened we're recording this on thursday so the buffalo sabers game just happened um there isn't too many bright spots to talk about but i know amanda did just finish a blog and she had that posted so amanda if you wanted to just touch on that a little bit and uh let us know what you wrote about obviously no spoilers because we want everyone to tune into the blog yeah so i just wrote a blog about um the leafs top line and basically just kind of wanted to highlight what they've been doing lately. Um, I think, I mean, not just the three of them together, but kind of, I wanted to highlight like each of them separately and give them their own spotlight for a minute there. Um, Cause I, I do think that they deserve it. They've been playing really well. And like you said, the few games that we've had that have been really disappointing. I think that they're obviously the one bright spot. So it's nice to watch them. I was a big fan of the nicknames. I'm not going to spoil them. <laughs> But uh, the nicknames that were given to each individual of the trio um, is pretty good. Um, I don't. Again, I, I don't. I can't recall if uh, if it's been discussed yet. I know someone on Twitter was trying to get something going there in terms of a nickname for the top line. I know that there's always a. Everyone wants to find a, 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 a like a one line or a couple word headline for a line. I'm not sure yet if that's going to come to the forefront, but uh, Amanda, I think that that should be your next task on, on this line is if you can coin a, a phrase or a nickname for them, we might. My friend uh... and I were literally just talking about this because it was actually, yeah, it was actually her that came up with it because we were saying how like, so it's basically the three M's because you have like Mikey, then like Maddie and then Mitch. So we're like, oh, they should come up with something with like three M's. I don't know what yet. Isn't that, that's a tape company, right? 
I want to yeah, say three on tape. Yeah, three well, tape. we could find that. Okay, all right. We're taking credit for this. Everyone it's heard it now. here first. Don't. Yeah, we're uh, copywriting that. The tape uh, that put, holds the team together. There you go. Um, something like there's wow. our punchline. There's our punchline. Wow. No one steal it. <laughs> I'll Thank be here you. all lock week. that lock that in. She's here all week. She's here to the end of the season. She's here for the rest <laughs> until the Leafs win a cup, which could be forever. We don't know. Sorry to lock you in for that long, Amanda. But this I mean, I'll be like 85, and if they <laughs> finally win a cup, I'll be crushing sour beers still. It's fine. There we go. That's it. Well, well I, I, yeah, on a serious note, I just I, I think Amanda puts it perfectly and that really I I find I'm finding a lot of joy watching them when they're on the ice. Unfortunately, it's one of the very few things I'm finding joy in when I'm watching the Leafs right now with them. But I, I just again to reiterate, go check it out. She touches on just about everything. Uh, as them about them as individuals them as a trio what's making them tick um they're buzzing right now so it's it's really an exciting time for all three of them hopefully they could keep it going in the playoffs that's uh that's what i'm most excited to see mm-hmm. so you, you kind of touched on it there alluding to the fact that it hasn't been too great watching the maple leafs over the last couple of weeks here which is kind of ironic because technically stats are on their side they've only lost three of four of their last 10 was it yeah they're they're playing decent offensive hockey which is technically what this team's built around which is exactly what Leafs fans have wanted they wanted to see goals they wanted to see high-flying talent and they got it now the issue is the 10-7 win against the Detroit Red Wings the 5-3 win against the Capitals where realistically it could have went either way the 4-3 lost to the Blue Jackets, the 5-2 lost to the Canadians, 6-3 lost to the Blues. And the list goes on and on. It just seems like they found their scoring touch, per se, and, and now they're lacking on the defensive end and they're lacking in the goaltending. And it just seems like this team can never click all at once. And maybe it happened at the beginning of the year, but it's tough to, it's tough to compare anything to the beginning of the year because everyone's just getting used to the new season, new teammates, yada, yada. But I don't know, maybe, Amanda, we can start with you. What do you think the biggest difference is between the Maple Leafs of the first month of the season and the Maple Leafs we've seen over the last two weeks? Um, I guess if so, in my eyes, like last Saturday, the Wings game, I, I feel like it would be crazy to blame it on anything else other than goaltending, to be honest. Because when I watched the game, I wasn't watching it thinking this is like a low... I don't know, a team low in the, like comparing it to like a team low in the standings, like the wings are a good team. They're not a team that's like, they're fun to watch. They have a lot of young guys coming up. They're sneaky. Think, good. They're, yeah. I, they're like the on the bubble. That frustrated me was just like, I, I think that was a game. I just couldn't find, like, obviously I was frustrated the whole game, but at the same time, I really high scoring games once in a while. I'm like, you know what? It's fine. We won the game. If we wouldn't have won, I would have been much more upset about that. But I think, to blame it on anything else that game other than goaltending. I didn't think our defense was that bad, even though they did score seven goals. I didn't think it was like, it was like soft goals going in, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Right. Absolutely. I, I agree. I'm, I'm with Amanda on this one. It's specifically, if we're going to point out, point at that, that wings game, which kind of started this discourse, I guess you can say about uh, the, uh, do the, are the Leafs, having a problem are they in another rut that type of thing I, I it seems like that and it gets highlighted right it's on hockey night it's a Saturday right everyone mo- more people than usual are watching the game 
right? And it's uh, it's 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 shown a light, right? And when you see, it's just you see the goals that go in, and like Amanda said, it's hard just not to put the blame on goaltending, and it it really does suck. And and Luke, I know this is a little bit of a touchy subject with you, uh, just because you you are a part of the goalie fraternity. I'm gonna call it. Um, like you, you play goalie in soccer. It's not the exact same, but I get, I, I can appreciate the pressure that comes with being a goalie. It's that there's so much focus on, on you, you like one mistake can literally make or break the game. It's such a high, highly volatile position, especially in hockey. Um, and so like, I I do empathize with, with the goalies. Jack was an all-star like we forget that he was at the all-star game a month ago so he does he clearly is in like let's just roughly like the top eight goalies I I know that not every not always the best players go to the all-star game and I know Luke touched on that before as well but that's story for another day like he's it he's a top 10 goalie in the league he's played like a top 10 goalie this year he is just at a very long stretch of uh, a rut we'll call it a lack of confidence right? That's what mm-hmm. the team's calling it. So um, he's the guy that I'm more focused on simply because we, we've seen him be so good and to watch him struggle, it really does hurt as a fan. Cause you want Jack, like everyone here knows, like Jack is just a guy you want to root for. He doesn't have a shitty attitude. He doesn't, he always looks at himself first rather than the, how the team's playing in front of him. So you can appreciate that and you could want to cheer for a guy like that. Morazic is a guy that I struggle with just because you don't really have an emotional attachment to him. It's his first year with the team. He's played what, like less than 15 games in a Leafs uniform. He was hurt like his second game in. So it's tough to like get behind him in terms, like obviously you want him to do well because he's a Leaf, but it's, I just feel less bad for him. I know it sounds shitty to say, but like, I just, I get more frustrated with Peter, I guess. So I, I think know. too, I, when you watch the two of them, like as much as it's like, I mostly, so when I watch Jack play and he's letting me, I always feel sad right away. Yeah. Like, I don't feel like I'm not mad. Like I'm not like, Oh, cause I know the reason we are where we are in the standings is literally because of him at the beginning. Like at the beginning of the season, we were playing not great. Don't so forget I, last year too. Like where, yeah. where are we last year with when Freddie's hurt and Jack basically is so, playing hurt and steal the show. I, yeah. So I feel more bad because I'm like, he literally put the team on his back at the beginning of the season. And now it's like the opposite. And the team's been tr- kind of trying to like score, obviously score way more goals. And so I don't know, I think with Mrazic, I just don't know him enough as a player. Like I know that he can be a good goalie. I'm not saying that, like, I just think it's hard for them to get into a, like on a hot streak almost, because now it's like, they're switching out every game and it's kind of hard to get on. Like, a. have just never been a fan of the like switching back and forth. I don't know what you call it when you switch the, ta- the, the tandem. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it seems like that, that's new. That's new to everyone really in, in Leafs nation. And except until maybe what, seven years ago, Luke, when, when did they do uh Reimer Bernier? That's before, before even Matthews. Yeah. So like, yeah, so it's a long, it's, it's a long, it's a long time. So we're, we're ever since Matthews joined, like we've had, we known Freddie, like Freddie's our goalie and he's the guy that he, he, we're going to go as far as he takes us. So, Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I agree. It's it's tough. It's tough to get behind Peter. I I'll, I'll I hate to focus on him, but it's tough to get behind him because 
he's been so volatile and he's not, he hasn't been able to go in the net for a, a stretch of games. You know what I mean? Like, I think just this past week, it was his first time starting back to back games. So clearly in my opinion, and Luke, we'll get your opinion on it. I don't think they got a lot of faith in him. I, I, I think that they signed Mrazek because they knew he was a streaky goalie. They gave him the term he got because that's what it took to sign him. And it seems like he was the best of the bunch in terms of UFA goalies that they, that they wanted. You know what I mean? Like they weren't getting Freddie back. They weren't getting Grubauer. They weren't getting Kemper. Varlamov, like all the flurry, like those guys seemed like out of their price point. So it seemed like Mrazek was, they were kind of married to each other right away, kind of like an arranged marriage, I guess. So what, what are your thoughts on Peter and, and even Jack? Well, you, you kind of alluded to it earlier in stating that I guess I'm a part of the, the goalkeeper mindset. The fraternity. I, I, the the fraternity. fraternity. We're just going to call like it that. a fraternity. <laughs> I like, I like that a lot, actually. Um, right. And you know what? It, it's, it's ironic because in hockey, it is a little bit different because you can go two, three, four matches in the soccer game without having to make a couple big saves. It, it's, it's a sad reality. You can actually yeah. do that if your D is, is that good. And I, I've seen it. I've done it. It's happened to me where I've, I've got a full 90 minutes and genuinely come out for a cross. And you're kind of like, oh, wow, I got a shutout, yeah. but I really didn't earn it. Whereas in the NHL, at the end of the day, you're facing minimum 20 shots, 25 shots. And we've, we've talked about this before as a, as a podcast, that obviously the Leafs play different in front of Mrazek as opposed to Campbell. Anybody yeah. who plays hockey knows you play different in front of a certain goalie. And Absolutely. it's a mindset. At the end of the day, it is a mindset because it's not like you, you look at the end of the bench, you see Mrazek's in that, and you're like, yeah, I don't feel like playing today. That's just not how it works. It's just confidence um it's maybe Mrazek hasn't really stole a game for the Leafs yet for them to be like okay we do trust him and, and that does come over time I mean he played great against the wild but it really was a low scoring affair it wasn't very highly offensive he didn't really steal the show they just they won a low scoring game which is nice to see um but as for Peter himself I I liked the signing and the reason why I liked the signing wasn't necessarily because I thought the Leafs got one of the better goalies that was available, more or less because I thought he was going to compliment Jack well. Um, I guess hindsight's obviously 2020, and I, maybe I'm wrong now, but it seemed like it was a decent pair at the time where Campbell wasn't used to being a starter, even though he was drafted high and he was, you know, highly touted as a as a prospect. He he wasn't really used to being a starter, whereas Mrazic was with Carolina, and you were hoping that Mrazic was going to be able to push Jack, which he did at the beginning of the year, clearly. And you just kind of, I guess the Leafs were hoping that if Jack fell off, which is, I guess, sort of what's ha happening here, that Mrazek was able to pick up the pieces. And Anthony, you said it earlier, his injury didn't help him. So obviously he started late with the Leafs. He started late with the team. Well, well, well I think his injury, that, his injury started at all. Not to, like, I don't want to jump in fully here, but I think his injury started at all because it's what made Jack, forced Jack to have to play so many games early on. Right. And now we right. might be seeing the fatigue of Jack now, but carry on. That's what now yeah. I, I can, I can go back to that quickly, but I, I don't think, I honestly don't think it's fair to say Jack's Zach's Zach. Oh my uh, Jack's tired per se, because listen, he had the all-star, the all-star break perfectly fine. Mrazik's gotten the net three of the last four games. Was it? I believe it, that that's the stat here. So really yeah. there, there's no reason for Jack to, to be tired, quote unquote, especially three quarters of the way through the season. But what I will say is it's evident he's in his own head. It's evident that Jack Campbell is one of the best goalies in the league when he's on. And when he's not, he's unfortunately one of the worst goalies in the 
the league. And I guess that's kind of been, been the stigma from Jack his entire career. Um, and it doesn't help the pressure that's added playing in a market like Toronto. Um, but what I will say is I trust Jack heading into the playoffs. Now that might sound crazy based off his recent performance, but we've seen it's enough from Jack. We've seen enough. Thank you. We've seen enough from Jack in my eyes to prove that if he figures it out at the right time, he could be lethal in the playoffs. We've seen, he's already had his four shutouts this year. That's, that's some goalies go two, three, four seasons earning four shutouts. And he's got four seasons, <laughs> three, four shutouts, three quarters of the way through the season. And just from what I've seen when he wants to, and when he's on, he's able to just say, Nope, no more goals. And, and really at the end of the day, that's what you need in the playoffs. So if he's going to go through a little stinker right now, March 3rd, I'm all for it. Get it out. Do what you got to do. Talk to whoever you have to talk to. I'm not hitting the panic button yet. And I know a lot of people are. It's all oh, over yeah. Twitter. I'm personally not hitting the panic button. Amanda, are you? No, I feel like with goaltending, it's just such like if you watch him, like watching him play right now, you can just tell that his head is not it. Like he's like so he's not fun when you watch him out there. He looks like he is dreading every single save that he's making. It's like I just feel bad because I'm like that being a goalie. Well, obviously you are for soccer, but I'm like, it's so I always used to say, and I still say this. I'm like, when I have kids one day, they will never be goaltenders because I feel so sad when I watch people that I don't even know in real life, but I'm watching them. And I'm like, this is so unfair. Like that basically if they play bad, you lose the game because let's say the, oh, yeah. the forwards aren't scoring. Like even last night, our forwards weren't scoring goals. They were getting shut down. And then Mrazik, not to make excuses for him. He did have a few awkward, they were like awkward bounces. It seems like he has terrible luck with those. And it's just a weird goal. Like the one that went off Riley. I'm like, how would you even have saved that? It just kind of went bloop and then went in the net. Like yeah. it's just a couple of them were on him obviously, but I just think it's, I don't know. Like he especially has bad luck. And then with Jack, it's just, I honestly think it's just a mental head game with like with himself. And I mean, I'm hoping that he doesn't, I'm sure he doesn't. But like Mitch obviously used to go and read social pages and see like fans basically calling for his head. And I'm like, that did not help him. He played way worse when everyone was right. down bad on him. So mm -hmm. I just don't know. I get people being frustrated, but it's like, what do you like? I don't know what you think saying those kinds of like saying such negative things about them is going to do for them. Like that, that is not most people oh, don't work that way. Maybe some people do, but I definitely don't. Now, Ev, let me ask you. Let me ask you this question in a different way because I agree one hundred percent with everything Amanda said. It's the trade deadline. It's the eleventh hour. There's an hour left. There's a deal on the table. The Leafs acquire goalie. Doesn't even matter who it is. It, it truly doesn't matter who it is. Anyone available, obviously, they're not going to get Shesterkin. Yeah. They're, they're they're grabbing an available goalie. Let's just let's call it Flurry. Salary retained. Yeah. Whatever. Money money's not on the table. Mm -hmm. Do you think the Leafs? are a better team trading for a goalie. If that goalie leaving is Morazic, and I'll just expand. I'm going to cheat a little bit. I'm not even going to say Flurry because Flurry's got the no move, but let's say it's Holpe or whatever, or whoever, someone who's a more veteran goalie, who's like had playoff success. I'm not talking about like, or maybe right. Varlamov, but whoever, right. if, if, if the move is to get Morazic out, like if Morazic's going the other way, I think they're better. And I, I don't not only think that they're better now, I think that they're better, they're more set up next year because we know 
that no matter how this season ends, Morazic is leaving at the end of the year. So if okay, now, now forget the that. Now, forget that, though. Okay. Let's talk purely this season for a play- yes, playoff run okay, because that's sure, what I'm talking yeah, about. Sure. I'm talking more or less okay. about them entering the playoffs. I want a more veteran goalie. I want a more veteran goalie if, if I can move Morazic out because you can't have three goalies, right? Like you right, have to, right, if, you're, right. if one's coming in, Morazic's got to be the guy out. So yep. if Morazic's leaving and you're getting a more veteran goalie, I would do that. Obviously, hoping to not pay that much because I'd rather spend it on a skater, forward or defenseman, doesn't matter necessarily. But goalie is definitely third on that list in terms of priority because I think that, and we'll get into this later, I'm all about in the playoffs is like, what could go wrong? And what can I do at the trade deadline to like account for that something going wrong? You know what I mean? Um, I know that it's a sore subject and obviously you can't usually acquire this type of insurance at the trade deadline. But like when John Taveras goes down, in a just a totally catastrophic fluke way in game one, 10 minutes in, like what did you acquire at the trade deadline to like have insurance for one of your big four forwards going down? Obviously that's the most extreme scenario, but in relation to the goalie here is that in the game one or game two, if Jack does struggle, right? Right now your option is Peter, who's also struggling. Now I'm with Amanda that goalies are voodoo in that way. You know what I mean? You like they could get hot at literally any time. So that's why I'm not totally worried about the goaltending, but if there's a deal out there that could make you feel a little bit more comfortable with your second option being someone other than Peter, I would do that. Yes. I think they're a better team for it. And obviously I see that side of it. I think where I lie is you're, you're almost reaching if you're Kyle Dubas in that sense where you're looking at what you need, what the team needs, what the team will need come playoff time. And you're sitting there because I did it last year with, with the Dave Riddich signing. You're sitting there last, like last year and you're going, okay, well, we need a third goalie just in case they acquired Riddich. It was, it was a whatever deal. At the end of the day, it was a whatever deal. You're going into the playoffs this year and now you're thinking, well, we need a backup. But you have Mrazek. So... But what's your logic there? Like, if you're not comf- so, if you're not confident in Mrazic, what what's your? You, you, the bottom line is you're you're not confident in your backup. You need someone better, you right? I mean? But here's the here's what I'm trying to say. You're so focused on a backup goalie that you're losing the perspective on the fact that Jack Campbell is your number one, and you hope that Jack Campbell is oh. able to stand on his head for X amount of games to get them to the Stanley Cup final. So I'll put it this way. Oh yeah. Okay. I'll put it this way. Andre Vasilevsky, do you think Tampa Bay, and I'm not, I'm not comparing the two at all. Obviously, they're two yeah. different goaltenders. But do you think Tampa Bay is going in saying, we need a backup just in case Andre doesn't perform? And now, and you're right. Like, what can go wrong, you should prepare for. And I agree. I agree totally. But I just think that you're, you're almost planning for something that you don't want to happen. And at what point is, is that too much for Dubis? Is at what point is that like, okay, well, I need to worry about a D. I need to worry about this third-line winger. I need to worry about whatever he needs to worry about on top of figuring out a way to move Mrazic and bring in a goalie that might be better than Mrazic because really, mm-hmm. is Holpe better than Mrazic? At the end of the yeah. day, I think, like, last year, yeah. he basically, okay, Dubas basically went out. Like, I was, I will admit, I will admit, I was one of the people who wanted Nick Foligno. I'll be honest. I was one oh, of those people. We, I'm with you too. Like, don't be ashamed, please. I, I would. Yeah, I, I here was we are. That. I admit my flaws. That's one of my flaws. Okay. Anyways, 
I I think at the time, like if he was 100% healthy, he would he would have been a really good add to the team. Unfortunately, it didn't work out. But I think that's where it's like a little bit frustrating. And obviously, I'm sure Kyle's frustrated because he literally went out, got everything that this team needed, and then they let him down. It's like, I would be so frustrated to be him because it's like, what else do you want from me? Like, it's like you went out, you got exactly. ideally what you needed, and then they still can't win around. I'm like, that that would be frustrating to me if I was Kyle, because obviously like the JT injury was super unfortunate. And I feel like that kind of not, I don't know. I think that was more of like a mental game because then it was like, they were really good for the three games right after that. So I'm like, Oh, they're going to win it for him. They're going to be really strong in the locker room, you know, Mm -hmm. have a good chat every game. And then it was like the fifth game. They just came out. And I remember that was like a terrible game. And I was like, what? what are we doing? Like you literally could have ended it right there. And then obviously it's Carrie price on the other side that you're trying to score on. And that's why it scares me playing a team like Tampa, because those are goals. Like at least with Tampa, like with Montreal, he really didn't have, it was basically Carrie price versus the Leafs. Like he's yeah. so good that yep. he can just shut down the games and it could literally be just him. And like in Tampa, he has like a good team in front of him, not, undermining his success at all but they're just a really solid team like everyone on their team just pitches in like even pat maroon in the playoffs is like oh yeah insane Corey so it's like having four first line like in the playoffs it literally is they have four four different lines that can all score they have depth scoring they have the superstars they have hitting and so when you watch teams like that i'm like it seems like it's so easy for them i don't understand why like because if you look at the Leafs roster, they're a really good team on paper and they have pretty much everything that I could ask for. The only thing is, yeah, that little bit of like grit and maybe not the will to win because I know that they have the will to win and they have obviously a lot of heart. I just think they're very in their heads all the time. And I get it because I'm like, you literally haven't won the cup in so long. Like, could you imagine being them? Like all that pressure on you, like you're a young guy coming in like Mitch Marner and right away it's like okay so you guys got to win a cup in the next few years or else everyone's just like oh this team isn't the real deal just like every other team like it's just a lot of and I feel like it would be tough on anyone like you could you could bring in anyone to the Leafs and they're still facing that same pressure even though that had nothing to do with them like all those years before it, it is a lot of pressure and all I do want to touch on something that you you mentioned earlier about grabbing Nick Foligno and I'm not going to go into like I hate hindsight revisionist history type thing like you know what I mean like as soon as Nick Foligno mm-hmm. got injured and the Leafs got knocked out all the people that said like oh you could have grabbed Taylor Hall for a second like look okay that's fine and that's good to like know and in a perfect world you would have liked Kyle Dubas to be aware of Taylor Hall's value like yes that would have been good too but it seems like last year and I'm not saying it's going to be the same this year but last year and it was evident with the Wayne Simmons signing, and it was evident with the Joe Thornton signing. It's like Dubas said, okay, in Columbus, like clearly, like the, the year before that, the bubble team, that like Dubas clearly was not proud of that team. CC Barry, all those guys, you knew that after the David Ayers game, it's it's been reported that he was just like fed up with the makeup of that team and he wanted to get rid of it. So the following year he goes and he signs character guys for the room. Basically, I'm I'm gonna I'm not going to oversimplify it, but I'm calling them babysitters, right? Like guys in the room that could say like, Hey, calm down. Like, you know what I mean? Nick Foligno's in there. Joe Thornton's in there who turned out to be like, clearly not that the greatest of an example. The Amazon series didn't really show that well for him, 
but right. and and then you get like Wayne Simmons, right? So all these guys that are strong personalities, blah blah blah. Now that they disappointed Dubis, like Amanda said, what I'm I'm curious is about what is Dubis gonna do now? Is Dubis gonna buy in and double down on the skill of the team and say like, look, this is what we are. And now if we are going to be who we are, this is what we need to like double down on it and really try and dictate the way we want the game to be played. Or are we going to go back to a Nick Foligno type trade and, and get someone who is like maybe not the, the best fit, but, and I can't even say that because I thought Nick Foligno was a good fit too. He was a, a middle six winger who could play center, kill penalties and play second power play. Like it's just that he wasn't healthy. So I guess what I'm trying to say is you, you, once you go back and you think about what happened last year in the playoffs, it's, it's what Amanda said in that they just like fell flat and got in their own heads. You know what I mean? It's just like, as soon as game five hit and they just played like shit, Right. And then they almost came back and they, and they end it like in 30 seconds in that overtime, then they had to go into game six. It just seemed like it snowballed too much, especially with Matthews and Marner. Right. And right. now what we're essentially saying is we need these guys to just like not get in their own heads again. And we can probably be any team in the league in a four game series. If those guys feel free enough, to do what they do best. So I will going, say go back. With, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Uh with Marn, I noticed it especially with Marner. I think just because last year he was like super in his head. And I know we're not in the yeah. playoffs yet. So I'm not gonna, you know, base it. I'm just basing mm-hmm. it off of the regular season. But just like watching him play right now, I find that he's more mature. Like he's definitely maturing in a sense that like when you watch him and Matthews, they're very like, like they're like starting to lead the team a little bit and they're like when yeah. I watch them on the bench with bunting, like they'll be down, but it's like, they're still laughing. Like they're having fun. They're like constantly talking about what they're going to do. Next. Like, it's like, they're still, they're not like counting themselves out yet. And mm-hmm. I kind of, as much as the game on Saturday was stressful, I feel like that was a game where Mitch really stood out to me because he was like the one getting them back in the game. And obviously like in the playoffs, he was super in his head and was just, you could just tell that he, he knew that everyone was going to be mad at him and be talking about him and whatever. And at the end of the day, like, I think that out of everyone on the Leafs, I do feel like he, he just gets the most criticism. Like he, obviously he's from around, like he's the hometown kid. He faces a lot of, I get it. Like, I just feel like guys like Matthews, not that they're immune to criticism, but he's Austin Matthews. Like he's one of the greatest players right now. He's not going to get the same criticism that Mitch Marner gets, but I do think that a lot of his goals and a lot of, I don't know, like the good stuff that we see happen, it all starts with guys like Mitch. So that's why like, I will always defend players like him on Twitter because yeah. I think that they, I don't know. Like, I think that this year he's finally proving like that he's worth, he's worth his contract. And I think that he, I don't know. I think that I'm ho- obviously hopeful that this year will be the year that they're going to change everything. But I'm one of those people that I just, I don't like to stress about it. So like, it's, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. If it's not, then it's not, but like, I'm not losing sleep over it either. So I just kind of like to go into it with like an open mindset and Kyle Dubas is not going to read my tweets about who I think he should sign and who he shouldn't. So I just kind of like, I like to have fun with it. Like if you get a player that you really wanted, cool. If you don't, whatever. I think like a lot of the time it's the guys who are the depth signings like bunting and guys who you wouldn't 
I don't know, even with like um, Kasha. Like are you talking about like unsung heroes type thing? Yeah. Like I feel like a lot of teams have those guys that are not nobodies, but they're basically not a big name. And then in the playoffs, they make a name for themselves. So I feel like it doesn't take like all-star players all the time. It's the guys that want to work hard. And a lot of the time, it's the guys that don't make a lot of money. Like they're just guys that are constantly grinding and they're always giving their all on the ice. And I think you need guys like that in your lineup too, to kind of, I don't know, to kind of gel everything together. And that's why I'm always a fan of guys like Kerfoot and players like that. Cause I think that they kind of bring the team together in a sense that like, you can just tell that they're good guys. So that's kind of what, as much as it sounds so soft, but I like to have guys that are like leadership guys in the locker room, obviously. No, but it's fair. And you know what, honestly, it's, it's a good segue. And my last point on that is, is what Amanda said actually alludes to why I don't care so much for a backup goalie and why I'm okay with Mrazic is because I'd rather do this, take his time and, and focusing on trying to find a couple more glue guys for that bottom third and fourth line. That's going to actually shape the way Toronto plays in the playoffs. And ironically enough, I don't think I went on an island with this, but I kind of just think it's in the, it's in their badge. It's in their logo. It's in their culture. It's, it's the Toronto Maple Leafs. And as I said earlier, it was a good segue. We could talk about why I think it's in their badge and why I think no matter who the Leafs bring, they're not going to get tougher and they're not going to get any more mean Mm -hmm. is because of what we saw last night, for example. And I don't know if you guys noticed it the way I did, but this is when I turned the TV off was, there was a little, a little scrum in front of the net. Mikheyev, I don't know who it was, was grabbing his jersey and rabbit punching him. You know, one, two, three. And Mikheyev ate all three punches, turned around, and skated back to the bench. And I saw that, and I am the farthest thing from a tough guy. I'm not. I, I'm, I'm not a tough guy. I pretend to be. But I will say, if you're toying with me and you're – rabbit punching me in the face like that i'm probably not going to let you do it and yeah I, and listen I, I completely understand the mindset you know if, if he got the penalty these on the power play sick it's five one don't care about the power play no time left on the clock put your stick through his teeth now that might be vulgar but i'm a fan i'm watching this i see mikhaev do that and i'm thinking to myself did he like that was, was he happy that that he was toyed with is, is he not going back to the bench and saying wow wow, that guy actually made a fool of me. Or, or maybe he doesn't even realize it. But this is what I was saying when I'm saying it's in the badge and it's the Toronto Maple Leafs. And you guys liked the Felino signing last year. I'm sure everybody did. I did at the time too. But I don't, I don't think, and again, it, this is just my opinion. So obviously I could be wrong. I don't think whoever the Leafs bring in is going to change that mindset. It's going to change the Maple Leafs. I think, sure, that one player could be tough. And we hear it all the time that, bunting you know drags the Leafs into the fight they he drags that first line into it he engages with them and I love it I love everything bunting brings but I just don't think that one more player changes that culture because McKay is still not going to mix it up Engvall's still not going to mix it up and at the end of the day those are the guys that are in the lineup every day so unless you're taking out the complete bottom six and you're putting in a new bottom six they're forever going to be that way and and this Mm -hmm. is kind of the scary thing for the playoffs as to why I don't care about a backup goalie, I want to see a change up top or in the defense. Like, Labushkin's been great. Listen, he, his first game was kind of rough. He he's, was on the ice for two goals. He's been good. I like. I him. love the way he uses his body. He is all over the place. He's physical. He's mean. And, and that's a part of changing what the Leafs are. And unless you bring in a couple more of those guys, I don't see it changing. And, Ant, I'd love to get your thoughts on that. 
Yeah. So right now, unfortunately, you can't see me, but I'm rubbing my hands together that you brought this topic up because <laughs> I got I got foaming at the mouth. I got something to say on this, and I brought yeah. it up to I brought it up to our group chat after the 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 Washington game as well, and it's the one that the 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 uh, the play that got even more attention was from Monday, when Tom Wilson goes and he goes and basically bullies Tavares to the ice. Nylander's the closest guy. He turns around, kind of gets in. I'm watching the play right now. He gets in Kuznetsov's face. Kuznetsov pushes him away. It looks like Willie might say something, blah, blah, blah. Everyone's seen the play. And, it, and it's a, created a lot of discourse. And it seems like a lot of people are on polar opposite ends. One end is, do you want Nylander to become Panarin and get his head thrown to the ice by Tom Wilson and possibly be out? Those people, I think, make a valid point about Nylander going to fight Tom Wilson, which is not what I think the other people on the other side are saying is like, at least like get in the face and show that you are upset with that action. Now, look, I'm not here for like performative fake bullshit. I think that Tom Wilson, no matter what William Nylander says to Tom Wilson, Tom Wilson will likely laugh in 90% of the Leafs players' faces because maybe more, 99% of them, because maybe Wayne Simmons gives them a run for his money. But Tom Wilson knows that he could beat the shit out of anyone on the Leafs. Right. Right. So nothing that you were going to do in that moment as William Nylander or Kerfoot or whoever was going to deter Tom Wilson from doing that again. Right. Right. And all I said was, and I have the tweet here and I said, team toughness is not about going and beating, like beating up the other team physically. Like it, like you're just beating the shit out of them, hitting, fighting, all that stuff. It's about getting into the fight knowing that you might get still, you still might get your ass handed to you, but you are still willing to step up because that's your teammate. And I only say this because, and Luke, you mentioned it about the McKay thing is that, Oh, well, let's just wait for the ref to give us a power play. I'm sorry, but we've seen it countless times in the playoffs. The refs are not helping us. We in the playoffs, Mm -hmm. how many times do we complain about the refereeing? I know you two will remember it. Like the last two game twos in Boston, the last two series against Boston, the 2018 and then the 2019 series, those were the two worst officiated games I've ever seen. I'm pretty sure that those are both the same games that Nazem Kadri got suspended in yeah. subsequent years. And it happened because of bad officiating, right? Now, look, would I, do I appreciate Nazem Kadri's willing to like, grab a screw loose and and do something crazy okay yes do i like him getting suspended no the thing is though is that we gotta stop the people that are saying like no response is necessary beat him on the ice get hope hope for a power play and beat him on the power play that help is not coming from the refs i'm sorry that's the damn truth so what you need to do is and i kind of like what keith said after the washington game is if you're not going to respond in that moment in between the whistles, you have to be able to fight through the, that physicality and the bullshit and the rowdy crowds because it seems like the Leafs tend to struggle with all those situations, right? Mm-hmm. Like when a game when the other team is hitting them hard, you know, it feels like it just feels like they're playing timid a little mm-hmm. bit, and 
what I'm saying is, is that if they, and they've actually made strides in this scenario is if they can continue to play their game where they're hard on pucks, backtracking, getting below the puck, playing good defense, having a third forward high where they're not allowing rush chances, all that stuff. If they're still able to do that in the game, then you don't need a response there to Tom Wilson. You know what I mean? It's just the problem is, and why I think that Tavares play became such a big deal is that because they haven't had success in the past with teams like that in games like that in the playoffs or even in the regular season, fans are scarred. So what they say is, is that because they've lost now, everyone nitpicks, right? When we always say winning cures, everything losing focuses on the, on the little things. And even though that little thing isn't going to help them win because they lose in the past, it gets focused on. If they win, we wouldn't care. They'd be like, yeah, the Leafs don't get bothered by that shit. They just go and fucking dominate after, you know what I mean? But they haven't Mm -hmm. done that in the playoffs. So I know I just went on this long rant. What I'm basically wanting to get out of it is if more people had the, if the Leafs need more guys, they don't need a Ryan Reeves or sorry. I know he's a fan favorite, but they don't need another Wayne Simmons. They need more guys like bunting or even like a Taveras where it's like stoic. Like they don't need to get in the bullshit, but like they know that you either, if you're either going to get in the shit and you're still going to play through it and you're skilled and you're, you're going to show and be a rat like, like bunting, or you're going to be like Taveras and say like, fuck you. I'm not getting bothered by that shit. I'm just going to go and I'm going to dominate a shift and I'm going to get the winning goal. You know what I mean? So it's those two types of mentalities. It can't be a Mikheyev or an Engvall where you just get rabbit punched in the head and you go to the bench and just like, okay, next shift. You know what I mean? Because if you're not doing anything and you lose, like you do last night, it gets focused on. Like if the Leafs won last night, I bet you, no offense, Luke, but I don't know if you would have remembered that. You know what I mean? If they win that game, you wouldn't have probably remembered like Mikheyev. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be honest, Ant. I, I, I will because I, I, I was dumbfounded. I, like, my jaw but, dropped because okay, but I just couldn't nice. do you say that? Do you say that that would lose? Do you, do you, would they, are you saying like that, that would be a reason that they lose? Or is it because like McKay have played shit the rest of the game, let's say, like that becomes more of a focus? Because to me, no, Ant, that happened when they were down 5 1. This was like the last like seven minutes of the okay. third period. Like, okay, so I'm not nothing of something else. I'm not even talking Go about ahead. the game. I don't care that they lost. I'm talking about the fact that this happens every game. Every game you see one. One of these players, Kasha, Kemp, like it doesn't matter. The list goes on and on. It's it's every other team is just ragdolling them, and they just let it happen. And and it's funny because everyone talks about Simmons. Simmons was never a grinder. He was a goal scorer that was okay with fighting. He he was a 30, 35 goal scorer who said, "All right, I'll mix it up. Here's my my second fight of the year." And everyone said, "We got Simmons." Simmons is not a fighter. He's not Tom Wilson. He never was Tom Wilson. He wasn't Tom Wilson yeah. before Tom Wilson. He was a goal scorer. That mixed it up every now and again, and this is this is what I was saying in my initial my initial rant, where I don't think it'll ever change, no matter who the Leafs bring in, until they commit, like fully commit to being a physical, aggressive, mean team. They will always be ragdolled. They will always be toyed with. So and- does it start? So does it start at the top? Like, does it start with like a Matthews losing his shit? Like, you know, what? Yes. Like, I'm not because even Sidney Crosby has a two career fights. Fighting. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Like. I, okay, the act of fighting is fine. Like, I, I understand a fight, and I'm sure we've all experienced this. And, like, you know what I mean? When someone just gets under your skin, like, you just, like, you, you can't, you just snap. You know what I mean? 
So, I like to use the example of okay, so like the other night, I don't know if you guys saw it, it was like right at the end of the game. Engval, I honestly forget how it exactly happened, but he kind of pushed back a little bit. There Which was like game? a few guys. Uh last game against oh, Buffalo. Buffalo. Okay. Yeah. And Honestly, like I, at least me as a fan, I'm not even asking for your guys, like your superstar guys, your bottom line guy. I'm not asking for anyone to go out and feed someone's teeth to them per se. I just would like to see like, like scrappiness, like bunting, I guess, like where you're in their yeah. face, like right. talking your shit, kind of like a guy, like I like to use Miles Wood as an example, because we know I love him, but a guy that yeah. is like in everyone's face constantly you know talking smack maybe he doesn't fight he will fight if he has to but he's not great at it but a guy that is just kind of will like leave it all out there and I don't know like I just think I'm not asking for a lot per se but just to see you know like I would never I'm I'm like (laughs) I have no muscle whatsoever but if someone's talking shit to me like you talk back and you say something back you don't just let someone disrespect you like that that's where I feel There should be like a fine line where you guys see it when I'm on Twitter and I know that's just on a computer screen, but I don't let people, don't let people disrespect you. Like there's a fine line. I'm a very nice person and I can get along with pretty much everyone, but there's just people out there that bring out that side of you. And you're just like, you know what? I'm going to stand up for myself because I deserve to stand up for myself. And that's where like, I'm slowly seeing a little bit of pushback with Matthews. Like I have seen him a few games get really frustrated and like, and he plays better like that. Not to, yeah, just to jump in. He, I think he's, like the most dominant he's already the most dominant player in the world but when you you could tell when he's pissed I think he plays much like you notice it and he's on a, yeah. on a mission and that's what I like about when you watch like in Colorado I like you know Landeskog looks like a pretty boy but he'll like drop the gloves yeah. and he is in there defending his team every single game you get Nathan McKinnon makes me laugh because he doesn't look like he would be but he just loses his shit every shift and it's it's sometimes right. it's too much. Like when he threw the helmet, I was like, mm-hmm. okay, dog, come on. But yeah. sometimes it's like, you just need that like little bit of anger in your teammates where they're just willing to do. And that's why I like, as much as I hate to say this, I can't believe I'm saying this, but guys like Josh Anderson, as much as I hate them, I'm like, you know what? He leaves it out on the ice. Maybe he's not the best hockey player, but he gets under, like when I have to, when we have to play Montreal, I absolutely hate playing them. And it's only because of him. So a player like that that you're like oh I hate and I feel like bunting right now is that player for us because yeah I feel like a lot of fans of opposing teams are getting annoyed with him and that's what you need but I think you need guys who are like Engvall Engvall is a big guy like he is not a small guy and I think obviously he's a a mutant he uh, he's a a like he's probably one of our biggest guys on the team so I'm like he is he is (laughs) yeah I'm like just I'm not asking you to drop the gloves but just you know, don't be a shy little draft out there and just stand up for yourself. Like, don't let them ragdoll. Like you said, like, don't let them ragdoll you on the ice. Like, that's embarrassing. Like, if I watched that back, I'd be like, I literally did nothing. And I let them embarrass me. So all I'm asking, yeah, like I said, I'm not asking for Nylander to drop the gloves, but I just think to have, just to act. It's an attitude. It's an attitude. Like, have the attitude. Like, have the mindset. If you have the mindset that you're like, oh, no one's going to mess with me. And no, people won't mess with you because you look like you could do something. And so it's like, if you had yeah. to, like, I'm sure Simmons or even like Bunting, anyone would step in at that point, like we've seen, but it shouldn't have to come to like a player, literally like the other night with Tavares, like you're all just standing there watching him get right. Like just 
even just to shove and like to say like hey don't do like you're not going to mm-hmm. do that to my captain and to say something that's where it gets frustrating because you're already I don't know I think and that game was like a closer game so maybe they didn't want it. that's fine but in yeah. a game like yesterday you're already down 5-1 so do something about it because it's not going to matter tomorrow you know like just next time you play them like with the capitals like we're going to have to play them again and now after what they've seen it's like eh, they let us do whatever to their players it's fine like no one's going to come after me. So that's when dumb shit keeps happening and players get injured. And that's where I get like, I don't know. That's why teams like Calgary, it, they have like a good mix of that. Cause they have players that will get in people's faces and they do have tough guys, but they have, they don't have to sacrifice like the skill of the, to have tough guys. So it's like, you need a mix of, and we already have like guys that can be that like angle, for example, like you could literally fight. You're a big guy. Like I'm sure if you, you know, Put your... He doesn't even have to fight though. Like he could, he just yeah. needs to be like physical, like lean on, lean on a guy. Like I don't know how much he weighs, but I'd imagine it's or like lay a lot. hits. Like yeah, I, hit someone. if you have to lay a big hit. If you literally lay, if he laid a big hit, everyone would shut up about him for months. Like it, it's just like when Sandine laid that reverse hit in Winnipeg, everyone yeah. was just losing their minds. And it's like it's fun to watch when it's a clean hit like that. It's a good hit, and it's fun to watch. Like I just. I think there's a lot of guys on our team that have the size that could use it. And instead their mindset is just to play, which I, like you said, I don't know. I think it's like a team mindset where they tell them to play clean hockey and to be, which is fine, but you can still play clean hockey and not let people walk all over you, I guess is my point. Yeah. And I think with, with that, I'm, I think it just, it just starts at the top. Like you, you need your top guys. Like you mentioned Calgary, like Calgary's got, Matthew Kachuk. We look at Tampa. Like Nikita Kucherov is a former Art Ross part trophy winner. One of the best players in the league. Like he snapped. He, he's been suspended in the playoffs. Like he slashed. Like, it. like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm sorry. And I, for the people that are saying like, oh, we don't want Matthews fighting. We don't want Marner fighting. Like, yeah, I don't want them dropping the gloves, but like you need to like stand up for yourself because a team uh, you, you want to you don't want to become the team and they're prop and they already are this so they need to change the mindset around them is that what do you think like let's put ourselves in the minds of a coach like john cooper or who's the coach in florida andrew burnett not quenville now but burnett like uh laviolette in washington like whoever the least are going to play in the playoffs what do you think their coach is saying to their players game one get physical on these guys Hit them every chance you get because they don't like physicality and they will turtle. By turtle, I mean like they will wilter and they'll back off. They need to change that mindset. They need to make other teams recognize that they won't be pushed around because if you now, because the goal or the the counterattack to the Leafs like skill and all this stuff is like just be physical on them because we know that the refs are going to let physical less talented teams like get away with shit in the playoffs. So why we're saying this to all our listeners that are saying that are thinking we're being like cave people and thinking like Neanderthals, we just want them to stick up for themselves because we know that there's nothing, nothing's coming to save them in the playoffs. It's themselves that can only protect them. You know what I mean? So why that, I think it's an attitude adjustment like you said, and with, with everything that's going to be happening around the trade deadline, 
I think that that needs to be a factor that they keep in mind. And if, if you think that it's the crest, like Lucas said, then you have to look at the start from the top and work your way down. You know what I mean? Like we, we talk about Engvall, we talk about Mikheyev, all those guys, like Wayne Simmons needs to do more than if that's the case. Cause if he's a leader on the team, then he needs to be a guy that voices up in the room and says something. So mm-hmm. either way, right. we're, we just want them to stick up for themselves. That's really all I think we are all trying to say. Well, I think this was very therapeutic for all of us. Like we got a lot <laughs> off our chest. It's kind of nice to get oh together God. and just yell, yell about the Maple Leafs, which is again, ironic. I, I want this on the record that the Leafs are still dominating this year and they are having a very successful year thus far and they are scoring goals and playing good hockey. It is a rough patch and we hope that they get through it. We know that they will get through it. Um, and I guess on that note, we can leave with a final thought. Amanda, you have anything less to say? No, I feel great. Got a lot of stuff out. This was really good. I can't, I, I feel like I should pay, I, I feel like I should pay you both for therapy, like therapy fees. Because this was, because this was, I thought re- I was going to have to come in as a referee. You guys were getting heated there for a minute. I was like, oh no. <laughs> no, no, no. We're, uh, it's all, it's all in good passion. Fun. The passion that unites us all. It's, it's the passion that unites us all. And it's, we all, we all want the same thing. You know what I mean? Like we, we just, we want them right. to be good. We want, like, at the end of the day, we're all going to, we all are freaking out this week. Here's like the facts are they got the I'm looking right now they're tied for fifth in the NHL in points. Okay, they're gonna bank the playoffs. They're gonna have they're gonna have a hard first round opponent, but like Amanda said earlier, approach it with an open mind because I don't care what anyone says. All the people that have been complaining this regular season about all the all the crappy losses that the Leafs had, come game one of the playoffs, you're gonna be we're all gonna be in the same scenario. We're going to be either the lucky 20,000 that are going to be at the game, or you're going to be watching in front of your TV, hopeful that they could win 16 freaking games in the spring. Right. And we're, we're all going to end up in the same spot. So at the end of the day, like we're all on the same team again, let's not fight amongst each other as much. Let's try and project that, that, uh, that Twitter chirps to other teams that are much worse and much shittier than our Leafs. And, that's uh, why and, we're the greatest fan base so oh, yeah. much passion everyone's just exactly. oozing passion that's a oozing what a way to end that seriously <laughs> anthony thank you amanda thank you it was a pleasure as always we'll be back of, next thursday 10 out of 10 you without, on your hosting hey, you, know what? I, you know what i really needed to hear that today thank you good job <laughs> Take care, guys. Take care. See ya. This latest podcast is brought to you by our sponsors, Foco USA and the Counselor on Queen West. Also, be sure to register your email address on our website, centeroflesnation.com, for all our weekly updates directly to your inbox. Thank you.